you'll never get to know this beautiful person that's come into your life from the start. mama monday i hope you're going easy on yourself today no matter what day it is for you but especially if it's monday y'all get my morning voice this morning um i woke up early before a volleyball tournament and was ready classic um something's been on my heart to talk about this week which is like y'all know if you if you listen to the pod for a while now you know that I have this like arbitrary date of not dating until April and my friends think it's really weird and like yeah it just it has just felt right but I've been asked recently why and like really challenged um to to like make me look at like really resetting my intentions for why that is um and so I actually had wanted to talk about that I wrote like notes out um but this conversation with my auntie Janet worked out to be totally meant to be okay shocker but get this okay so the week that I got fired, I was applying to other jobs. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Four is, fourth is the charm. Um, anyway, I was think like, I was really rethinking everything. I'm like, do I move back to my hometown and get a full-time job within this field? Cause I know that this field, they're more likely to hire there. Um, like working with kids in a social service setting. So I go, um, and like I was reaching out to people and and like reaching out to connections. Um, just like anybody who had worked in the field or kind of knew something about it. And my aunt Janet has always worked with kids as a matter of fact, like just a little backstory about her. She helped raise me and Deanna at a certain point in our childhood. And my mom has said before, you know, like, I don't know what I would have done with Auntie Janet and without her, (laughs) not with her. Um, And she has like, you can hear it in her voice. She's so gentle. She's so loving. She's so calm. She's so constant. She's always sounded exactly like that. And she is a huge motivation for me in wanting to care for children and knowing the effect that that can have like I know what it feels like to have a safe space to have somewhere that you can play and be and be seen and heard and not judged and supported and loved and um I want to be that too for other kids growing up like in challenging circumstances and she is an inspiration to me for that so the other thing is, is her daughter works in social work. And so that was like an extra motivation where I'm like, okay, it's the, it's time that I reconnect with this woman. And she's always been there. Like we've had each other on Facebook and I've reached out to her a few times, like when I'm going through hard stuff or just to say hi, like just to check in. 
Um, but to actually see each other face to face was amazing. Amazing. Okay. We sat and talked. I filled her in on my life story. She filled me on in on her life story and her family. And then, okay. Oh my gosh. I forgot I was going to mention this. She fully made us like a full crepe breakfast with berries and whipped cream and butter and syrup. And it's funny. She said like, I used to make this for you when you were little girls and you would come over. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I remember that. And I knew coming to her was going to be like good for the soul, comfort food, comfort conversation, just like a rest and recover time. So it happened that the day before I actually got an interview So that like really changed the trajectory of the conversation where it wasn't so much like I'm trying to make connections, but more like this is so meant to be that we're having this conversation this time together because it was that extra push that I needed to make it happen with her, right? And then I didn't even need that in the end. The other meant to be thing, mamas, was it was Mama Monday when I was driving to her and I always like to listen to my podcast when it's actually published Because it's like I can hear it from somebody else's perspective rather than just my own editing. So I was listening to the one where I got fired with Chase. And her house, Mama's, happens to be right past his, like, and the office. So I was, like, talking about the situation in the meeting and I drive by the meeting. I'm talking about Chase and I drive by where he's staying and it was just like whoa this is crazy and then I get to Auntie Janet's and the last thing I said on that pod before I had to turn it off was you have supports in your corner that you might not even realize and I pull into Aunt Janet's and at one point in the conversation, not what's recorded, but part of our first catch-ups, she had mentioned that, just like casually, that she'd prayed for me for the past 10 years. And I was like, oh my gosh, at first of all, I'm like, well, that's really touching and sweet. But she goes on to say, except Sunday, some Sundays I don't because it's super busy. She said, you would think that that would be the day that I would pray for you, but those are my busy days. And I was like, wait what? (laughs) And y'all know I've needed every single prayer in Texas, but I have like this, these past 10 years have really been like a setup for all of this. And she's been there in my corner supporting me without me even realizing. So again, it was like that moment of like, oh my gosh, I am exactly where I'm meant to be right now. So we go in and we have our life chats and then like I said to her, I, I honestly, I had in my head to record with her since Texas, like when I was thinking like, who was it that I would want to record with? But my motivations for recording have changed. Like my own mama has really become a lot more of like, not a diary, but a day in the life, you know, my process unfolding. And so it ha- it can't be forced and I don't want it to be like staged. I want it to be like organic And so with Auntie Janet, well, unless there's someone cool that I'm like, yo, I need to reach out to you and this needs to happen, obviously. But this was kind of like a life chat day in the life with Auntie Janet that just like 
re-upped my soul, re-upped my stamina, like just good for the heart conversation. And I said to her after we'd caught up, I said, listen, this topic has been on my heart and it came up in our conversation too. I was like, would you be interested in recording and like letting me just unravel about it a little bit? I said, I was planning to talk about it by myself, but I mean, I would love for you to be a part of it. And she accepted. So that is this conversation, mamas. We start off talking about what my commitment to waiting until at least April to date means to me. Why? Um... And she really reaffirmed that. And she gave me advice that I really was not expecting. But let me just say it's perfect. For for many reasons, this conversation has been perfect. So this one is near and dear to my heart. And by the time we were done, our crepes and our conversation, I was hungry again. And I was like, oh, wow, like those were crepes must have been really good. I look at the time and it had been five hours <laughs> Like, so I just took the the nuggets, the highlights in our conversation and um, wanted to share that with you, mamas. It was so nourishing to me and I hope that something is nourishing for you within this. So also I will say the, the audio, like that first question that she asked me was a little like blurry. So just so you know, we were talking about dating and that's how this conversation started. And she just said like, I want to know where you're at with that. So just so you know. And other than that, cuddle up, cozy up, ate some crepes with us mamas. And here's my conversation with my dear, sweet, gentle, loving, fierce Auntie Janet. That's what I call the mamas. Yes. <laughs> the people who are listening. Yeah. Because we all can practice being our own mama. Yeah, absolutely. But what was your question? Mary, you are kind of listen. Okay. I've been getting that question a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I'm 30 and because I do want a family mm-hmm. and my mate one day. And my situation but okay so jack is who i call which i know how to cut so i'll cut that (laughs) blurt um realizing the love addiction within the relationship when we ended that's when i felt like i need to take two years off of dating because that's been my addiction because that's been my vice I need to get clean and detox before being able to reintegrate and I've talked about this before where it's like we all have our vices we all have addictions in different ways some things you need to change the relationship to the substance rather than changing the substance itself like if you're addicted to food you do have to still eat So it's the relationship to the food that needs to change. With dating and relationships, that is something that you can take a break from. Yeah. Right? Definitely. I remember reading this in Eat, Pray, Love, I think it was, which I love that book. Yeah. Um, 
but about how like it's something like it you can harness your chi if you don't if you abstain yeah from sex and you like gain your energy back and i kind of thought that was like bogus but i've been really feeling the power in the sense that like i always used to be really shy around men for one thing because i would go in with a mindset of like is this my future husband literally like i would just go right to searching for that security because that was my vice right that was my escape from the negative was like romanticizing fantasizing in a relationship even within a relationship i'd be thinking of backup plans because i just needed that security so much so when jack and i broke up it was like i was committed to two years and it yeah it was it's my chance for a blank slate the first time in my life being single and not looking to mingle no backup plans, even though that's what I want. It felt like three steps backwards, even though where I want to go is forwards. And then when things happened with Carter, who was um, we didn't actually end up having sex, which I was very proud about. It still broke my chain of dating. That felt like I ruined that streak. Yeah. But I still saved it. Yeah. And I'm so glad he broke up with me when he did because I thought, how as neighbors are we not going to engage when we have been like missing each other and all that stuff, right? Right. So it was kind of a blessing that he ended it when he did. Yeah. So that was a saving grace, right? And it's also a lesson where it's like, I still got my heart broken. There was still a consequence for that. It is. And so when it comes to dating now, it's like there's temptation, but I trust God's plan more than my own. And I already made the, my mistake once yeah. and I got burned for it Yeah, and it was meant to be, Yeah, but there was still a consequence that I had to pay for. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, like I have been attracted and like, it takes a lot for me to be attracted to a man, yes. generally speaking, but especially now that I'm so like yes. focused, yeah. right? Yeah. My mom asks why. And everyone's kind of on the train of like, but what if you meet the guy? But I'm like, but I thought Carter was the guy. Yeah. And he was not the guy. Yes. And he put in all the effort. Like he was amazing in yeah. so many ways, but it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing, right? And I'm not even saying he was the right thing because, I mean, if he's willing to do that, then yeah. that's not, I'm yeah. not his woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's yeah, not my yeah. man. Yeah, he's not <laughs> He wouldn't be putting me through that, no, 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 right? No. So I guess, like, that is part of my motivation in the sense that, like, my intuition told me Texas, and I did it, and it changed me yeah. for the better. And my intuition told me two years after Jack and I already broke it once and got burned. So now I do feel committed for April. Right. The other thing with that, because that's seven months away, is I find I am much more productive and like servant hearted when I'm out of relationship than when I'm in. Yeah. 
because when I'm in, I just want to be lazy. I just want to cuddle and watch a movie, right? When I'm out of a relationship, it's almost like the loneliness can be a motivation and a fuel for me to deal with the discomfort of my reality. Yeah. Because I want to deal with it mindfully. Yes. So rather than numbing out or, you know, cuddling up on the couch. Yes. I have to do something. I have to apply. I have to go for a walk. I have to commit to my work and not check my phone and just be with the kids. Right. Like, so I feel like that's the time in my life right now, especially wanting to be a mama. It's like the nesting phase. Like I have to get my ducks in a row as far as my security, my place where I'm living, finish up loose ends in Texas, write the book I want to write without thinking about texting somebody. Yes. So that's my intentions for dating. It's a practicing commitment. Yeah. Like if we made that commitment to God, then we have to honor that, right? We honor it. And in honoring it, God will honor you. Like God will show you the way when you finish that commitment time, whatever you contracted with. Um, so I feel like, like you could still meet somebody and be friends with them. Yeah. But, there's a boundary there. And maybe that would be a good thing. Be like, okay, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to have this person as a friend first. And then in April, if I still feel close to them, attracted to them, then we can go on to the next phase. And, you know. Yeah. Okay. How do you keep that boundary? Like, what do you recommend? Like, as far as staying friends and not crossing over, what would that entail? I think it's just engaging in a lot of time, getting to know each other, not necess- and not putting yourself in places that you know are incredibly tempting. You know that you are out and about, and you're doing lots of things that you love to do, lots of activity, hmm. and being with other people. I think that is an incredibly important part of dating: is seeing how does this guy relate to my family. If he's a friend, I'll bring him around. Huh. Um, does he clean up after himself? Is he kind to my mom? Is he kind to my dad? Is he, you know, interested? What's he like with my friends? What's he like to a waitress in a restaurant? What's he like, like if we're out somewhere? How is he relating to everyone around me? And I think it gives you such a beautiful gift to give yourself lots and lots of time to just say, I'm going to really embrace this. I might never, I probably will never have this again with him. Um. That we're just going to be friends and we're going to find out what we're really, who we are, who each of us really are. I love that. You and can- it doesn't mean that, and towards when you're getting closer to April, if you want to hold his hand, you can hold his hand. Even like, I have girlfriends that I go for a walk with, and if we're feeling really close, we'll link arms and yeah. walk. Yeah, yeah. So that's all part of part of being a friend, being a good friend. And it's like, this, how, how what good a listener is he? How much do I love to be with him? Yeah. And I say to people, 
if somebody is truly going to be your mate for life, you need to think, if I had somebody to choose that I'd like to go out to dinner with, yeah, and just talk and spend the evening, who would that be? Yeah, it should be him. Or her. Or whatever. And so that's, mm. that's what I think is important. And it's hard. It's not easy because we are sexual beings. This is totally natural to be attracted to somebody. It's not evil to be attracted to somebody. Mm. It's how, if we're putting that in front of friendship or intimacy, we're putting that first instead of, and even if you screw up once, mm. you can start over. And say, okay, we're going to start over. And they do it again. You know? So, yeah, one step at a time. You know, that is such a big exhale for me because what I got from that is like embrace the process. Yeah. Savor this part of the journey because you'll never get it again. Yeah, you never will. You'll never get to know this beautiful person that's come into your life from the start, like from. Who is he? Like, what is he? Who is he? You know? I had a friend once, and she was a very descriptive person, and she said, like, one day I just sat there and looked at him and looked at the color of his eyes and the color of his hair and everything about him, and I realized I loved him before, before we actually that I would consider the dating. I actually love him. And I think that's definitely the way it was for Lauren and I, too. Like, we really loved each other before we were in a close relationship with each other. Really? Yeah. Like, I actually, I actually, because I really, I spent a lot of time watching him, too, outside of my relationship with him. Like, I sang in this group, we have a singing group, and he drove the car for us. And I used to watch him, like, not kind of like, how is he with these girls? How is he, does he help carry equipment? Does he help do stuff? Apart from all of this that's required of him, like, who is he beyond that? Yeah. You know? I just, I think it's really, really important. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to take that time to know that person. Mm. I shouldn't be shortchanged. Because now when I look at where we are in life, we are back there. We are alone again without a family. We are back there where we love the time just the two of us have. And it's not always about talking. Like, Lauren and I can sit out here and be quiet for an hour and not talk to each other. But we are together and we're happy. Yeah. So I think those are all, you're going to almost do that full circle. We'll talk yeah. about that full, full circle of life. And to build that, that relationship on that foundation and then to have children. You're not so much at that point exploring each other when you've got children. You already know each other. You already know, you know, really know that person. There's not a lot of surprises. There still will be, always, but you already know that person. So then you're able to just totally give to the kids, which is incredibly important. And trust your partner's back. 
Absolutely. It doesn't need the same level of investment. Yeah. You can focus yes. on the kids. Yeah. I have a very good friend who is married to a wonderful guy mm. and they have four children. And she posted the most beautiful thing on Facebook. She said, we're just, it's our anniversary, but we're driving our kids to camp. We've got, we've got this. Like he does this part. I do that part. We don't mind that we're not, like we've got this. We're a couple. And I think that's where, when you, you have to realize when we have children that yes, you still stay close. You still are. Well, you know, together, but you've had these children. You you have to give to them, and it takes tremendous resources, tremendous part of your emotional being to give to them, everything. And so you have to have a partner that's saying, that's okay, hon, if you're tired. It's okay. I'm with you here. I'm with you. You know, not be selfish, I guess, or I don't know. Mm. Have to be giving, very giving, mm. and you've got to be giving, you huh. know, tremendously giving. Like if they call you up and they say they've got to work late, you're dog tired from watching these kids, and you go, "Okay, and I got this." Yeah. But if you come into the marriage without that, it's almost like without that money in the bank or without that. You know what I mean? Like without that, that investment, a full cup. It's not going to take long until that cuts drained. Yeah. And then you're going, we should never have gotten married. We should never have kids. We should never, you know. So how do you keep your cup full? I think there is a lot of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You need to, you have to know where your soul is. It's like, where do you get comfort? Mm-hmm. Where do you have time? What fills you up? It's different for everyone, right? Mm. So for me, it's definitely like coming out here at 4 o'clock, having a glass of wine, sitting by the pond, being incredibly grateful for our home, Mm. for what I have here, for my family. I think gratefulness is a huge, a huge, like it's almost being injected with an upper, you know. It's like I'm grateful grateful for what I have, so grateful for it. And it's just so wonderful to feel that gratefulness mm-hmm. just come over you. And I really believe in living simply mm-hmm. and finding joys in simple things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a lot of money or trips. Like Lauren often says that, Janet, you just are so simple. <laughs> I can be just driving along in the car and go, oh my goodness, just look at me, he's just Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy about that. <laughs> My mom does that too. Like we'll yeah. be mid conversation and she's like, "Look at the orange in the leaves right now." Just that's how come your mom and I oh, have been close. Yes, I can absolutely see that. Yeah, and I love when she says that. Or we'll be sitting out on the rocking chairs and she'll say, "Listen yeah. to the waves right now." I didn't even notice it until she said it. And I'm like, (sighs) yeah, I'm so glad. So I think that's what you want to develop is just to sit somewhere and to think, 
what is around me? What can I hear? What can I feel? And then that naturally pours open this is the gratefulness of that. Mm. And together as a couple, I think that's what you want to feel together is that joy of just simple, simple things and not complicated. Mm. Okay. Gratitude has been something I've been thinking a lot about as well. How do you practice gratitude in the pain? Like, where's the balance there? Because you can't fake it. You can't be like, thank you while I'm crying. (laughs) You know what I mean? And sometimes there's painful seasons. There is painful seasons. Oh, my goodness, yes. Very painful seasons. And um, so I think it is to find... Like somewhere, like for you, you have the lake there. Yeah. So you can go and sit. And in the pain, just to let the pain come. And then there's a place where you feel God's spirit come and just say, okay, let's focus on what's around us. And you kind of go, I have the lake. I have a roof over my head. I have my mom next door. I have friends. I have whatever brings you gratefulness at that moment. It doesn't have to mean that you're faking it. Oh, everything is great. No. And Jesus wants us to come to him in our pain. He really does that. He tells you know. And he does bring us comfort in our pain, for sure. That's my anchor. That's what keeps drawing me back, just that pull of I'm in pain I can't do this Mm -hmm. on my own like I need your help and your support right and he'll either give it to me directly with a message or a soothing comfort or an image or something or he'll send me a support right like you but then that see once I get that comfort from God in my pain it's like a big breath and I'm like yes I'm so thankful for my dear comfort Uh, I'm so thankful for you loving me so much that I can't believe that you're here with me right now, just yeah. in this moment loving me and just taking care of me. And in spite of everything, you're just there, and I just love you. And then it goes beyond that. Thank you for my mom. Thank you for, you know, it's just that gratefulness is there. It's so huge. That makes perfect sense. Because it's easier to be grateful when you're happy, Yeah, kind of, as long as you think about it. It's actually sometimes I find easier to be closer to God when I am going through Mm -hmm. something that's very painful or stressful. And then there's God talks to me all the time. Or sometimes when I feel like sometimes I just feel like I don't know if I have anything more to give in a certain way. But then I really search God, should I, should I? back from that but quite often goes no trust me I'm going to give you strength to do this it's okay it's going to be alright mm. like you know yes I'm so grateful for your strength yes you know, I'm just, weak I am so grateful for your strength I'm so grateful and then I go back to thinking I'm so grateful for that Sunday school teacher for that mm. little church for Especially when I was a child, that 
beautiful picture of Jesus being loving, not judging, not being a God of rules, a God of, you know, allowing me to explore my beliefs in God, even to this day, allowing me to expand and be quite often allowing me to just take a rest from it all. Just take a rest. You know, I give you permission to take a rest. It's okay. Jesus took a rest. I think rest for you are weary. Yes. He went out on the boat when everybody was pressing in on him and just rested. He went asleep on the boat in the middle of a storm. Like We see God constantly giving us that model of serving but resting. Always together. And if we just serve and we don't rest in God, yeah. then we burn out. Yes. Yeah. And then we lose the compassion. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And the gratitude and the gratefulness, you know? It's probably a squirrel. <laughs> she won't go bananas if she's like a squirrel. But I love that, though. Like, that picture of gratitude and the pain of, like, Seeking comfort, yeah. feeling that comfort, Definitely. and then that's where the gratitude flows. Yeah. It will come just naturally. And when I think about that and I look at you and I think of like your marriage of love and your house that you have and this beautiful family around you, it's like once you cultivate the stability for yourself, your love and your pain is not only in your own life, it's for all the people you love. Right. And so it's space that. for. Yes. So it almost is like the pain gets worse in a way because then you're helpless to actually change someone else's circumstance. You just have to be there with them through it. That's right. Which you're fantastic at. But that's how it grows your compassion too. Like it doesn't just get easier on the other side. No, no. It gets more challenging in a different way. Oh, no. <laughs> and I also, I also feel like, to be very honest with you, like our marriage has gone through a tremendous trial many years ago. And um, I'm very careful what I say about this. It's a very, very hard time for both Lorna and I. So even through that time, I can see, and this is, very perplexing to me because I feel like even in that time when I was far away from God in the sense that I broke a lot of rules mm -hmm. I found something in the middle of that mm -hmm. that has been with me for the rest of my life and that is the reassurance that no matter how far I've gone away from God He has rescued me no one else has. He has. And sometimes, like, your mom knows my whole story. She's one of the very few people that do. And I've often told her, no one else rescued me out of that but God. And believe me, Jasmine, it took a lot of strength, just like it's taking you right now, a lot of strength to trust in that. Because in many ways... It was harder to go that direction than the other. And so through that, I now have the experience. And then I think, God has blessed me in spite of all that. He's blessed me with this beautiful family. 
with a relationship that couldn't be any better ever, ever. Like, God, how (laughs) wonderful are you? Like, how amazing. So sometimes like people go, oh, well, Janet, you know, you're, you've never done anything. I go, oh, I have. I've experienced that. I know what that is. Maybe I can't completely share all that with you for a lot of reasons. But yes, no, I know what that is. Well, when we were talking about earlier, it makes sense that you have experienced real pain. Yeah. Because I think some of the most painful moments are those moments of waking up to the pain that we've caused other people. Mm -hmm. When we're sensitive, that's worse. Yeah. I would rather get punched in the face than realize that I've punched someone else in the face Mm -hmm. who's smaller Mm -hmm. than me Yeah, or whatever, right? Which I have. Yeah. So many times in my life that I regret, especially in those moments, choosing to walk away from love, to walk away from what I feel is right or what I feel is good. Yeah. Let alone me being off the deep end into self-destruction mode, love addiction mode, breaking hearts and having my heart broken and cheating and being cheated on and all the garbage and the collateral. And coming back to that is so painful in the waking up of, like, look at what the damages that I've done. Or what it could have been. Like, it could have been, it could have been catastrophic. It could have been awful. Like, when I look at, oh my goodness, Jasmine, yes, it would have been awful. Mm. It would have been awful. But don't you look, like, when I listen to your story, that's where I see God is even... When you look at also even this thing, Jack, that you learned a lot in a practical yeah. sense. God is quite practical in a lot of ways. Yes. And I find that incredibly amazing, mm-hmm. you know? Like your story is very amazing. It's very beautiful. It's very much the story of God just being there yes. with you. And that is how far you've come through all the pain all this struggle, this has been your struggle to get to this point. But that being said, I still have to integrate. Like you say, God is practical. Like, I do have to keep my job. I can't just be this fierce, like, say say the truth and let it land. Yeah, no, you gotta do, you gotta do the stuff. You gotta do the stuff. Yeah. We're getting to the lioness unlocking. I know, know. But we're not there yet. (laughs) Still gotta practice that humility. Put my head down, get the work done, serve in the way that I'm called, which fulfills me abundantly. Yeah. And that is helpful motivation for me to to not get distracted with dating. Truly, serving is like the number one, I can get through this, this heartbreak, this loneliness, this love addiction. Yeah. I call her my love addict who's like always more active at night. Yeah. That's when I'm really missing. I want to cuddle. I want that person that text Definitely. that hit yeah but then I wake up and my mind is on one of the kids yeah yeah and that that helps it's yeah. like that cycle reset yeah it's a beautiful beautiful story and you should write it down it would be so encouraging for someone else to read and to hear you know it's like we are storytellers and we are, a lot of this is missing in our world. Like there's a lot of passing on to the next generation too. 
you know, just constantly, this is how God teaches. Is God teaches through people. God teaches through experiences of people. And so mm-hmm. that's, we need to share a lot. We need to, and I'm certainly, my experience as going far away from God has brought many, many, God has sent many women into my life that have gone through similar things, different a bit, but similar. And, you know, it's been an amazing thing to see. I don't know. It's just an encouragement to them to see you're going to come out on the other side of this. And sometimes it takes a few go-arounds before you get to that person. So who knows? Oh. I can't wait to be at the point where I can like confidently, this will be the lioness part, right? Where I'm abundant, where I'm like overflowing, I'm fearless, I'm unlocked because love is my only authority. Yeah. Right. I still have so much fear. And well, I think about it's kind of like, I hope you find somebody that you will be friends and you will embrace this beautiful time, you know, and maybe you'll say no. That's not my person. But you won't have invested your physical self into them. Or you've held back a little bit emotionally. And so... Hey, I like that you brought this up too. Because that is something that I used to struggle with a lot. Where it was like, well, I have feelings for him either way. So I may as well just go for it. And then if I feel heartbreak, I have justification for it rather than this like unaligned feeling out of context. But now I actually do know how to protect my energy, guard my heart to a certain extent, right? I still get sometimes wound up, right? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. If you're thinking a lot about the guy, indulging a lot, then that can set you up for more of that high and then more of that drop, yeah. right? That drug high and that drop. But truly, like, keeping your intentions pure and keeping those boundaries up that you talk yeah. about, I think genuinely does help. It does. And I know this. This is why. <coughs> Sorry, I just need to cough. Is anything on your heart from what we've been talking about? Mm. I've just been really listening to you. Yeah, and I feel really grateful. You allowed for me to share a lot with you, so thank you. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time people come just to talk to me. Mm -hmm. I don't often share with them, so this has been very wonderful that you've taken the time to listen to my stories, too. That's a beautiful, beautiful gift you've given me. Wow. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah. I am so grateful for that. <laughs> I'm so grateful to connect with you now as a kindred spirit. Yeah. Where we both want to fight for love and yes. fight for these kids. And you can together. give me as much as I'm giving you. Wow. Which you have done today. This is very beautiful. Yeah. Isn't she so wonderful? Like, is it just me? It cannot be. I mean, she's got hundreds, thousands of kids that she served and made an impact on. I'm just one. 
and she truly has has made my life better like just been a support and that goes so far so much farther than you would ever know um yeah this actually just came to me too like even I've had to report abuse a couple of times to her when we were working together at the kids camp and then who knows the effect that or the changes that she may have worked out in like more serious situations too so you just never know like when you're there and you're willing to be loving and kind and play what will come up um good or bad light or heavier um so one perfect quote that came up that I wanted to leave you with because it kind of she talked a little bit about how that story where like Jesus was basically almost on a ship shipwreck with a bunch of people and he's like down in the basement just chilling like sleeping and everyone's freaking out on the boat and they're like Jesus what the fuck like <laughs> do something and he's like dude just chill <laughs> and I'm very much paraphrasing but this quote of came up on my Facebook of like you don't need to calm the storm calm yourself and let the storm pass and that is what I will leave you with this week mamas take a baby step towards calm if you can and see the effects that that has on you maybe the wisdom and the voice that comes up for you maybe nothing Maybe it's just you reap the benefits of feeling a little more calm. And I know Auntie Janet has been a force of calm in my life. And I am so blessed to be able to have this conversation with her and share a piece of it with you, mamas. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with me. And until next time, mamas. Take care.